0: Alicia Evans is based in uh, Western Bay of Plenty. She's a local democracy reporter there, uh, works with Sun Live in Tauranga. Alicia, good morning. Good morning. We touched on some of these things yesterday. We were having an around the traps over Tauranga, finally getting some local democracy back in July with the elections, and the discussion was over the commissioners making a lot of big decisions in the in the ten year plan. Before then, uh, some of those may uh, may relate to
1: congestion charging. Will they? Uh, yes, potentially. So it comes down to. Um, how they are going to fund the infrastructure that Tauranga needs to kind of keep thriving. And, you know, we're not um, the fastest growing city in New Zealand anymore, but we might get that title back. You have been for um, a so long yeah, time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they'll, um, they're really trying to plan for that growth and, um, it came up as part of the long-term plan deliberations. They're looking at congestion charging. They've done a bit of a kind of initial look at it and seeing how it would work for the city. And um people, like quite a lot of residents were quite opposed to it. They didn't want to see... You know, congestion charging, then being charged to get on roads because we've spoke about it before. And essentially, it would be sort of a ring road of state highways around the outside of Tauranga that would cost to use. And so, um, businesses though they did see the benefit. Priority one, which is our economic development agency, they sort of said it would be needed to get the infrastructure that the city requires. But yeah, residents were quite opposed. They didn't want to have to pay more to use the roads. Um, But recently, Commissioner Stephen salwood he's um, quite big on infrastructure. He sort of said that the current funding methods of petrol tax, rates increases, and just general taxation, there's no way that it was going to actually fund the roads that the city needs. So they really needed to look at other ways. And that's why this congestion charging, or they call it smart trip variable road pricing, um, quite a long-winded name there, but – he says that it's really needed to keep the city moving into the future if we don't have it and if infrastructure is not invested in, congestion is going to double. The city will be at a bit of a standstill and, um, yeah, sort of people's lives will be worse off because they'll just be sitting in traffic for most of the day.
0: I know there's some extreme uh, situations at the moment. Um, I was reading someone who drives, where do they drive? It's rather than driving Waihe to Tauranga, I think they drive north to, I might even go to Auckland. It's just, yeah, there's there's real, real challenges there. Look, back to the local body elections It is interesting. Our discussion yesterday was some saying, hey, the commissioners shouldn't sign off on that 10-year plan and budget. But the previous minister was explicit that 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 was the the brief when they extended um, the commissioners' stay. And the current minister uh, responding to us certainly didn't indicate uh, any change. Uh, Let's look at those local body elections. It's been three years, Alicia, and I suppose some people are worried – will the same stuff happen again? How are things shaping up?
1: Yes, so um, last week there was a candidate information evening and uh, Christchurch, former Christchurch deputy mayor, sorry, Andrew Turner, he spoke and um, he actually said something really interesting. It was, um, you know, that you need to work together with whoever your colleagues and elected members end up being and you need to do that without squabbles arguments, negativity and bad behaviour. So kind of, I think, foreshadowing the, you know, you guys, if you're going to do this, you need to get on with it. Do it properly, do it well, and don't act like the previous council did that got deposed from their jobs because of infighting, poor governance and an inability, inability sorry, to make decisions and kind of move that city forward, which is why the Commission came in in 2021. Um, and why they have been given that direction of you have to get this long term plan done before you leave, because I think there's concern from the government, especially the previous government, that the city would just be left dragging if this plan wasn't put in place before they left and had some kind of goals to work towards. And I think I heard yesterday Matt Cowley, um, he was speaking to you and he sort of said they can do amendments and sort of consult on those amendments. So this plan isn't set in stone. Um so, yeah, I think um, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the elections shape up on July 20 and who the city chooses to elect them for the next four years, sorry, I mean, to represent them.
0: This warning of ca- to candidates to avoid squabbles, it must be said there are a good number of councils that either have those issues or have had those issues or likely will have those issues. But obviously there's a nervousness, given the three years in which democracy's been you know, put on the shelf in Tauranga. Um, Do do, do you you get a sense
1: of the message seeping in? I hope so. Um, I hope so, because I do know that um, some of the people that, we're in the previous council are uh, planning on running. They haven't come out and said it. You know the um, nominations don't open till April, but I am aware of a few people. So I really hope that they take that message on board and sort of think, hey, what's more important here—our you know egos and personal views or the city that we're actually trying to run and represent and make a good place for people to live? So hopefully it does sink in.
0: What's the story with people possibly being charged to use council sports grounds for training, Alicia?
1: Yes, so this is another um, Tauranga City Council initiative that they consulted on as part of that long-term plan. And um, it's sort of trying to get a bit of equity between indoor sports and outdoor sports, because obviously indoor sports, they pay quite big fees. they have had theirs increased this year as well. And um, it's looking at charging adult teams for their training on any sort of outdoor sports, field cricket grounds, soccer, rugby. Um, and they'd be looking at charging uh, per hour per field used um, in a week. But that weekly fee, it's a little bit confusing, but would be all they'd pay for the season. So they'd pay a week's worth of training charges per sports club. But a lot of the sports clubs, they – spoke through the long-term plan hearings and there was dozens of them and they all said that you know if you start charging adults we're going to have to charge children as well more because the adults can't all afford it and also um you know if adults stop playing then maybe their kids will stop playing it's really going to impact people's like active lifestyles and yeah saying like it could kill off some of the sports clubs if they had to start paying these really high fees just to train
0: and when does a decision get made?
1: Uh, so the long-term plan deliberations are Monday and Tuesday next week. And then the plan itself will be, um, I think, finalised in April. So about a month, month and a half before they actually fully decide. But Anne Tolly, she said that they can, had got the balance wrong with all the sports clubs that sort of came forward and spoke. They realised that what they'd suggested wasn't quite right. So I think there will be some changes there. It'll just be interesting to see actually how much that is.
0: Some of the other issues in this long-term plan. I, I was talking yesterday about that central city. I know the um, businessman we were talking to wanted to talk more about housing developments further out from the CBD. But from memory, that was a big. There was a fair whack of rates going into that city rejuvenation, dependent on private sector coming along on board. Alicia, given the events of the past, even the past year or two, is the, uh, can can you say whether that's still on track? Whether those some of those proposals are underway?
1: Yeah, so that um the civic precinct is I think three hundred and six million was the last kind of how much it's gonna cost. And um as well as, you know, there's other plans for the waterfront and things. But um the ratepayers for that civic precinct, um, the there's is hundred and fifty one million is kind of what it's kept at as what rate payers will have to pay. Um, in terms of finding funding for it, they said they haven't secured all of the funders but they are also potentially looking at selling a couple of our CBD car parks to help fund that, selling them off privately and then um, using those funds to go towards a civic precinct. So yeah it's all, um, the finances I guess are a little bit up in the air at the moment but the council said in a meeting on Monday they didn't have it all locked in but they were confident they'd be able to get it
0: now- Yeah. Introduce us, please, to Porto the dog and, um, and the controversy that's erupted.
1: Yeah, so Porto is, I guess, he's sort of an unofficial emotional support dog um, for a young non-verbal autistic boy. Uh, his carer has this little dog and um, really cute little sort of mixed breed dog and pretty friendly. He... Um, he goes in the car with them. Sorry, they visit the pools every day. It's part of um, the boy's kind of daily routine. He loves it. That's his happy place. And on the drive, he can get a little bit uh, aggressive. So the carer decided to bring along his dog, Poto, and he keeps the boy calm, makes sure that he has a really great, safe trip. And um, previously, the dog was allowed into the council pools while um the boy had a swim and things like that, but just before Christmas, they were told, No, sorry, your dog can't come in here anymore. And um, Jared, the carer, he was quite upset. He's like, I'm very confused, he's been allowed, what's changed? And um, I think there was confusion over whether the dog was actually a service dog, and so I think he was allowed in the pools because the workers all thought he was a service dog, even though you know Jared had never said that, I think that was just assumed. And so, when they found out that he wasn't actually a fully trained service dog. They said, sorry, the dog's not able to come in. So little Polto had to sit outside um, in kind of the shade of a garden. But um, Jared said he's hopefully going to try and leave Poto at a friend's place now so that he can um, go to the pools and the dog doesn't have to either sit in the car or outside in the garden. So, yeah, it's, um, he was pretty upset. He really wants... Some recognition for support dogs realizing that you know the training for a service dog is upwards of thirty thousand dollars and he doesn't need to do that for the dog because the dog just provides comfort for his care like boy he cares for but yeah he thinks that emotional support dogs and support dogs should get that recognition and be allowed in the same places as service dogs so he's sort of advocating for that
0: yeah he thanks very much Alicia. Alicia Evans. She's Western Bay of Plenty local democracy reporter. She's based in Tauranga with Sun Live.